Well, good morning. Welcome. So glad you're with us this morning. I want to welcome those of you who join us online as well. Always glad you're with us and always glad to have you here each and every week. And I just have some many good things that are happening in our community. I, I just feel blessed to be a pastor in Hutchison, Kansas, where good things are happening in Reno County. And uh, nothing with, that I can take responsibility for or I have control over, but just some blessings. I consider them blessings. Um, one of those is uh, just watching some of our uh, community uh, gather and play football on Friday nights and to know that some of those young men are from our church and not only representing well, but also playing well, but also representing Christ well. And so it was a joy to, uh, Friday night to watch Noah Kokar the first, uh, Kokar, the first uh, half at the Hutchison game, and he scored two touchdowns. I got to see the 80-yard uh, touchdown bomb. That was, that was great. And then to go over to Bueller McPherson and to finally, after five years, beat McPherson was a good win for us. And so that was great. And uh, Bradley Neal, um, the quarterback from our church, also had two touchdowns. And so I just was kind of a proud to uh, be a part of our community. Some great things happening as well as afterwards. So we had a fifth quarter here. Pastor Brandon had 75 kids here Friday night. And if you would have happened to drive by around 11 o'clock between 11 and 1, you would have seen all sorts of glow-in-the-dark stuff. That glow-in-the-dark um, capture the flag, glow in the dark basketball. I mean, it was just a great evening. And so, uh, of course, we didn't stick around that long because we're old. So we got out of here about 1030 after they had the pizza. That's what we like. So um, it was also just a great weekend yesterday as for the Iberas wedding. What a just uh, God's presence was so there and one of the most meaningful uh, uh, weddings that I've been a part of or, or seen. I'm sorry, I wasn't a part of it, got to watch. But uh, Roberto's the dad and also had the blessing of officiating his, his daughter's wedding, Rayleigh. And so it was just a beautiful service. One of the first times, well, really the only time ever that we sang worship songs as a part of the celebration. I'd never been a part of that. But what a great uh, time to celebrate and worship God, the whole reason that they were there. And even one of those word, uh, songs was in Spanish. I did my best. Um, struggled a little bit, but I tried to sing the words up on the screen, and it was, but I knew what the words were, and I knew what they represented, and this Saturday, we have a Holmberg wedding, and I get to be a part of that, and it's just a blessing, um, some of those joys and celebrations in our church. One thing we can all celebrate uh, together today that I wanted to thank you for, and uh, we were waiting a few weeks to kind of wait till the numbers wrapped up, but a couple weeks ago on our Compassion Sunday, uh, we had 186 people go through the Compassion journey, and what a marvelous opportunity that was, what a great experience, but even greater than that, 97 children were released from poverty in Jesus' name because of your generosity and your faithfulness. And so absolutely thank you very much for uh, just trusting God and uh, your generosity. Uh, I just believe it's not just these 97 kids, but then it's going to ripple to their families. It's going to ripple to their families. And uh, you just changed a lot of lives a couple weeks ago. And so we get to be a part of that together. And I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for being such a great church. Now, I, I know on the other side of things, my head's not in the sand. It's not all roses. Uh, we also have that tension of just life that happens. We have celebrations. We have wins. We have losses as well. And we have setbacks. And we have brokenness and heartaches. And so... Uh, you know, in recent days in our church, it just seems to be kind of hitting us 
at a higher level right now, but several of our senior adults, um, they're just the declining health that they're facing right now in this season of life is, is difficult and hard to watch. And so our prayers are with some of these wonderful people. I know the Shirley Bowen, we're going to celebrate her life uh, Friday night. I mean, Friday afternoon at one o'clock here at the church and um, gets to, you know, join Ralph. And we don't mourn for her. We mourn for us. Uh, but just several of these things have happened. I would cover your prayers on Saturday, as, um, and as I see our principal, Rick Blosser, back there, I'm sure he would cover your prayers in these days, too, at Nickerson when they lost a beautiful young lady, 16 years old, and uh, her battle with cancer, and 16 years old, Hadley Nelson, a beautiful gal. Uh, the funeral will be here Saturday at 1030, uh, and I'll be officiating that, so I would appreciate your prayers and an opportunity for us to love on this family, but we just know there's this tension of, of life. There's, there's births and there's death. I mean, there's and everything in between. There's the victories, there's the losses, there's all the, there's the, you know, things that are going great at one end, on the other side, things are a struggle. And that's the tension, a little bit of what we're talking about today. Can you, can you feel the tension? Because every one of you this morning came in here with tension. There was some kind of tension going on in your life. And you may be thinking, what's he talking about? I don't, maybe I don't feel that tension today, but maybe I would use another word as well, worry. That you came in here with some worries on your heart today. Or another word I might use is fear. That you came in with some things that just, you know, they're, they're causing you to, to have some fears in your life. And for those of you that put worry and fear in the sin category camp, I, let's call it concern. We all have concerns. So there's concerns, there's tension, there's worry, fear, whatever you want to call it, all of us have them. And, you know, I went to the, the Google search just to see what are all the fears that people have and the worries people have. And you can find an unlimited list of worries and fears that people have. There's top 10 lists, there's top 20 lists, there's top 50 lists. And I'm just going to share four or five of those today that are more common. But one of those is just our everyday life, our, our job and our school. Um, the things that we go to every day, and it could be the uh, looking for a job is a stress in the life right now and, and concern. It can be, you know, didn't get that promotion that you were hoping for. It could be the struggle of going to a job that you don't like and you just don't really like going. That could be the struggle. It could be the people that you, that you work with and, and that can make things difficult. There could be some of you that maybe you feel inadequate for the job. I mean, you're thankful for the job, but you just feel a sense of inadequacy, but there's those tensions. There's the tension of health. We've kind of talked about that, whether battling an illness or received a diagnosis or you're worried about your health or your parents' health or your, or your kids' health or, or you're just worried about your kids' well-being and their whereabouts. Uh, I got a text this morning at 5.30 this morning uh, from my daughters saying, are you awake? That's not like them. I don't, I mean, my heart began to race immediately and I'm like, you don't, they don't send texts at 5.30 in the morning. They're sleeping at 5.30 in the morning. And so my heart began to race. I picked up the phone. I was actually on the way to church. I had a few extra things this morning. So I said, I am wide awake. What is it? And uh, they said, well, we're just trying to debate. One of our friends got sick. The other friend's kind of nervous about going to the murder capital of the world, or at least the United States, Chicago. But there's the Chicago Marathon, and a lot of our friends are running in it today. And so it's just, if you had to back out because of sick or what, so it's just Reagan and I, should we go or not? And should we go on the train or should we, you know, should we drive our car and look for a parking spot? And I was like, neither, just stay home. 
No, I didn't say that, but it's that tension of going, that's what I would like to them to do, but I knew they wanted to go. And so we just kind of talked through it, and they decided, we decided they take the train, and I said, hey, did I not give you some mace when you went to college? And, and they were like, it's in our glove compartment. It's like, that should be on you, not in your glove compartment. So they agreed to take mace with them today, and they did make it there, and I'm sure they're having a good time watching their friends. But there's all sorts of things we worry about, relationships, uh, what other people think of us. Um, there's, whether here in this room or online, I know there's always in a room like this or those watching online, there's always those that have that tension. You're struggling in your marriage right now. Just because you're followers of Jesus doesn't mean that you don't have uh, things that we deal with in life. And so maybe you come in here with a tension in your marriage relationship. You're, there's a tension with your kids or a tension with your parents or classmates or coworkers. Uh, there could be some here today or watching that there's just that tension of what is that gal that I like think of me or what does that guy think of me that I like so much there's worries about the past things we can't do anything about but we worry about our past and the regrets that we may have the, the things that we're carrying and people worry about those things and maybe one of the most common things people worry about is money in the future you know there's that will there be enough and to fund my my retirement, is there enough in the 401k? Or, and then plenty of us, there's like, forget that. Is there enough to make it through the month? I mean, it's the monthly budget, but there's the fear of the, the finances, the concerns of those things, the monthly obligations. Money seems to be getting tighter as things and the cost of living goes up. And so there's that, there's that tension. I know a lot of us probably felt it a couple weeks ago. Uh, you wanted to give and you gave $38 a month but there was that tension of going, I want to help these kids, but $38 is $38, and everything that we do impacts the budget. And so there's always tension. Worry has caused a lot of problems in the way of divorce, suicide, family breakups. Uh, the family breakup, you know, we don't have to worry about it, at least on my side of the family. I don't think Heather's either, because they're both school teachers, and so we don't have to worry about it on Heather's side. On my side, there was pastor, and so... My sister and I, have it's been made very clear, we will not have to fight over an inheritance because there's not going to be much there. So uh, take that off the table. But whatever it is, whatever you call it today, whatever you call it, whether it's tension, worry, fear, or concern, we all have them. And you have them. And Jesus knows you have them. He knows it now, and he knew it back then. And that's why he talked about things of tension in our lives often. And today we're going to look at one of the places he really focused on. It was the Matthew chapter 6 verse 25, right in the middle of his sermon on the mount, that famous sermon that he gave. And in verse 25, if you have your Bibles, you want to join me, Matthew chapter 6 verse 25, or you can follow with me behind on the screens. Verse 25, therefore Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Not many of us today came in this room worried about where our next meal is going to come from or worried about the clothes that are on our back. And I know those who are watching online, you really didn't worry about it in your pajamas. And so we, there's, that's not a concern of ours. The only thing that we worried about when it came to clothes coming today was this, whether it looked good on us or not, whether it made our backside look big or small. That was the only concern 
with what we had, with what we're wearing today. And when it comes to what we're going to eat, we, we don't worry about where the next meal, most of us, where it's going to come from. But there is a concern as it affects the overall budget and the monthly budget because every meal adds up. And so, yeah, there are those concerns. There, there is some, but it's, this was the context of Jesus' day. So don't lose sight of that maybe those aren't your things, but there's other things, things that we talked about. Job, health, relationships, past, future, money, those different things. Verse 26, Jesus went on to say, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Do you know your value today? Church, do you know your value? Friends, man, woman, young person, do you know your value today? I I don't know if we understand how valuable we are, how valuable you are. How how that not your 401k, not, not your net worth, but the value that Jesus died on a cross for you and for me. He gave his life for you and for me because he wants to have a relationship with us, that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and I know sometimes we hear all the church language and you can listen to me week after week and it can begin to sound like the Peanuts commercial, I mean the Peanuts cartoons, and it can sound like Lucy and Charlie Brown and all you hear is wah, 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 wah. But can you just for a moment Can you think about a God who thinks about you, who loves you, whose thoughts are numerous for you, that you're a child of God, you're you're a child of the king, that you've been adopted? Now, we choose whether we're going to be accepted and receive that acceptance into the family, but every one of us, God wants to adopt as his very own. That's why Jesus did this for us. I love what the psalmist says. He says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. The God of all gods, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, our heavenly Father, that tells us his thoughts are numerous. His thoughts of you and his thoughts of me, they're so numerous they can't be counted. And we have a fraction of an understanding because when you think about your kids today, and if you have little ones, you're thinking about them all the time. And if you have grandkids, you're thinking about the kids and the grandkids. If you're empty nesters like Heather and I, we're thinking about them all the time. Every day, part of our conversation, whether it's a walk or driving in the car, Heather and I are like, I wonder how r and doing today. I wonder what Reagan and Riley, I wonder, I wonder if they're having fun. I wonder if they passed the test. I wonder if they're, if they're, how their relationships are going. I, I wonder how their job is out, out. We just wonder. And then we, we go back and we reminisce. And we think about the days and vacations and times together. And we remember that. And remember, it's constant. We think about our kids, and you think about your kids and your grandkids. You can't stop. You can't help yourself. How much more our Heavenly Father thinks of you and me, thinks of us. His thoughts are way too numerous for us to count. So verse 27, Jesus says, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Or as the psalmist said in the same chapter, 139, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came into being. 
I'd encourage you this week, Psalm 139 is a great chapter to read about your worth and how much God values you. I hope you'll read it this week, maybe even today. But out of 139, you'll see a God who never loses sight of us, whose hand is always there to guide us. Doesn't mean we accept his guidance. You know, our kids don't always accept our guidance, but we're, we're there for them. We want to guide them. But he's always there to guide us. He's never limited or intimidated by our circumstances. There's nothing that you're going through today, nothing that you will go through that intimidates him, that that leaves him scratching his head or wondering what to do. It's not only God who knows you, but he loves you. So how can worrying, Jesus said, how can worrying add a single hour to your life? It can't add anything to your life, but it can certainly destroy the quality of the life that you have. That's what worry does to us. That's what fear does to us. It's a great thief. It steals our joy. It steals our peace. It steals from our relationships. It, it's, it's, it's a great thief. Worry is a great thief, and yet, and yet there's that tension that it's there, that we, that we struggle with it. Verse 28, Jesus went on to say, and why do you worry about clothes or See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon, in all of his splendor, was not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. So do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. God knows we have needs. He knows you have needs. He knows that we have needs. And Jesus says in this, he's like, what? Where's, where's your faith? Oh, you have little faith. Where is your faith? Because I do believe this. I believe that faith and fear cannot coexist. Faith and worry cannot coexist. And I know immediately there's some objections kind of going off in your mind, some of your minds this morning thinking, yes, they are. We have to overcome our fear with faith all the time. And yes, that's true. But I just don't believe they can, they can be in the same second, in the same minute. We're either going to be in fear or we're going to be in faith. And it can happen to us a hundred times a day, a thousand times a day, that's why I like that saying that is said, when fear comes a knocking, answer the door with faith. And some of us might have to answer the door 500 times with faith because fear is just constantly knocking at our door. I'm not knocking anybody or putting anyone down that struggles with doubts, that struggles with fear, that struggles with worry because I, well, I mean, not, I'm not better than anybody because I say this, but pastors struggle with fears. They struggle with worries. They struggle with concerns. And yet the moment we take it to God in faith, and the moment we say, God, help me, faith is answering the door. And we might have to answer that door a hundred times a day or a thousand times a day with faith, but I think that's why Paul encourages believers to pray without ceasing. To be in a constant spirit of, of prayer. What does that look like? We can't constantly pray, so what does that look like? It's, it's to be in a spirit of prayer. I know one of my prayers that's prayed more than any other prayer, and it happens every day. God help me. 
How many times do I'm asking God to help me? Help me through this situation. Help me as I counsel this family. Help me with this funeral this Saturday. Help me, help me with, with, with what I need to ask the girls to think about or whatever it is. It's always, it's always okay to ask for help. And God doesn't tire of it. I, you think about yourself as parents. Do we get tired of our kids asking for help? Well, yes, we do, sometimes. But if it's for their good, we never get tired of it. We never get tired of them asking for help when it's, when it's for their betterment, when we know it's good for them. They may ask us things that we have to say no, and, and we know it's not good for them. Yes, we get tired of those things. But we never tire of them asking for help when we know it's for their best. And our Heavenly Father never gets tired of us asking. And by the way, I don't think he gets tired of asking when it's not for our best, but we're asking the question. But sometimes his answer, like our answers to our kids, is no, because it's not best for you. But he doesn't get tired, just like we don't get tired of our, of our kids asking for help when we know it's what's best for them. We may vacillate back and forth and there is that tension. It's one of the reasons I wear these bracelets on my wrist. Many of you, a lot of you have them from previous messages. One says pray first. The other one is God's got this. I don't wear that because I do this so well. I wear it because I need a reminder. Just like the children of Israel, they needed, they needed stones and things to remind them of God's faithfulness. It's why we take communion. Jesus said, whenever you do this, remember me. That's why, you know, our church, we do it once a month. It doesn't matter if you do it every week or if you do it six times. It doesn't say in Scripture how many times to do it. But the reason we do it is to remember what Christ has done, to never forget. You think of 9-11, never forget. It, that's why I put these things on. It's just because I don't always pray first. My natural reaction is to fret and to worry. My natural reaction is not to think that God's got this, but that I got this. I can do this. And so it's a good reminder for me to say, God, I, you're, I need to pray first about this. I need to trust you that you have this because my inclination for me is that I'll have this and that I'll try to, to navigate these things. But when we really believe that he has what's best for us, it's important because our actions tend to follow what we believe. Pastor Bones, I wish he was here to tell his famous illustration of who packed your parachute. He's told it to countless young people and football teams, who's packed your parachute. You probably heard it, and I can't tell it as well as he did. I even called him, and I asked him for it. When I got done, I thought, I'm not going to tell it the way he tells it. And so, but it would remind me of a time that I parachuted, junior year of college, uh, I had three buddies. They wanted to go jump out of a plane, and so I didn't tell my parents, and I knew that the answer would be no. And so we went. I was scared. I was afraid of heights. I was one of those guys that wasn't excited to do it. I kind of peer pressure jumped into it. And for 110 bucks and six hours of training to prepare for that second shoot to come out, we could go up and see the beautiful scenery of northern Missouri, flat as a pancake. And we went up at the end of that, and when we got down, we made it successfully, they gave us an incredible deal. They said, you can go up again just today and today only for 20 more bucks. 
Two of them went, two of us didn't. You can guess which camp I was in. I said, God, you got me down the first time, I'm not gonna push my luck. So I, I didn't go, I already crossed it off the bucket list. But what gave me the faith at all to go was the thought of someone was professional that knew how to pack my parachute. Now, sometimes we have questions. I have questions. I had questions when I went that day. I asked the people that were in charge of this company. I said, have you had anybody die in your company doing this? And they said, only two in 20 years. I asked two too many. And they said, it's always the one that's done 10,000 jumps. And they got overconfident, but we've never lost a first time. Or you can trust the person that's, he's a professional that's packed your parachute. And that's what gave me the confidence. And that's what the, the point of, of Pastor Bones' story is who's packed your parachute? Do you trust who's packed your parachute? And if we trust in a God who's packed our parachute, that's how we can live this, this life successfully with him. It's, it's all about having faith in who's packed our parachute. Do we have faith and really why we gather each and every week is we're asking God to give us more faith, to help us walk in more faith, to believe in this God and this heavenly Father who's perfectly packed our parachute for every situation. Even in death, there's the parachute that we know that he's packed for us. If we will trust in him and put our faith in him. Faith is the key. The writer of Hebrews says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Not good deeds, not good works, not the things that we can do or try to do. The only thing that can please God is faith. God loves it, requires it for us to put our faith in him. It is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I love that. I, th that we have a God that wants to reward us for our faith, not for our good deeds because we, there's not a good enough, we can't do enough good deeds, we can't earn salvation, we can't earn his favor. God rewards people for faith. He gives us salvation because we accept by faith, we accept grace by faith in him. It always comes back to faith. So if you really believe your heavenly father loves you, knows what you need, that he's packed your parachute, then we can live out verse 33. This whole kind of few verses here is kind of a setup for, don't worry, trust me, I got this. And if you trust me that I got this, if you trust me and you, you don't worry, you're gonna walk in faith, then you can live this out, verse 33. But Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well that God wants to take care of us, that God's got this. And we may have to confess it a 100 times a day. We may have to ask God for help many times because we vacillate back between fear and faith and worry and wonder. But God never gets tired of us coming back to him and seeking him in faith. So my question for us this morning, my question for you, is what do you need to trust God with today? What's the tension that you came in this room with? What's the worry that you came in here with? What's the fear that maybe you came in here with? What's, what's the concern that you came in here with? It's different for all of us. Maybe there's some similarities, 
But I believe that we all walk around with this tension in our life. And tomorrow morning, we'll hear a message about faith, and we will go out of here and say, we're going to walk in faith, but we're going to hit Monday morning, and don't beat yourself up when you're back to worrying, when you're back to having that tension. Just know that in that moment, keep coming back to God. Keep asking for his help. He never tires of it. We vacillate between that. We go back and forth, but God never tires of us saying, God, I need your help. Uh, I, it's going to happen this week. When fear comes a knock, and it may come on your doorstep 150 times a day or 1,000 times a day, just keep answering that door with faith. What do you need to trust God with? Some things we talked about early, maybe it's surrounding your job, that you don't have the job you want or you don't have the job you need or that you're struggling with people in the workplace. Maybe it's dealing with the health, the diagnosis you received, the the concerns of a diagnosis that hadn't even come, but you just, you have that constant tension or worried or you're worried for your kids or for yourselves. Do we trust that God has this? I think about our health and I think that's one of the things that's, even when we don't have something, that's something that we worry about in our family. You know, we're thankful for the health we have, but there's no guarantee Tomorrow, you can get a diagnosis that you weren't expecting. How do we, how do we live in that tension? And, and it's not good either. I'm not trying to plant the fear or wait for the other shoe to drop. That's a terrible way to live. But do we trust God? I think of my friend Tom and Nancy in Sacramento, and they watch each and every week online. You've heard me talk about them the last few months because he's fighting a valiant battle with cancer. He's been married 50 years. They been good friends of our family and in recent days we've been staying in more contact because of this battle and he just finished a round of chemo and will not be going back in because it's October 26th he's going to have a surgery and, and he's got all these things going on in his life and yet when I, when I talk to him and when we're done I say Tom I'm going to pray for a successful surgery I'm praying that God heals you of this and he said that's great keep praying for that but if he doesn't it's okay Keep praying for it, but if he doesn't, it's okay. I'm ready. And his message has been consistent. He goes, Pastor, and he said this multiple times to me, Pastor, I'm not afraid. I have some things on my bucket list I'd still like to accomplish, but if it's my time, it's my time, and I'm not afraid. And, and I think about the, the psalmist who said that, that God knows the number of our days. And that can either scare us or it can comfort us. But I think it can comfort us if we're looking like Tom is in faith, that, that God's got this. And I, I thought about, it, you know, we have desires. I'm, I'm like my grandma who lived to be 100. You know, we all want to live. She wanted to live. But she said, I'm not afraid to die, just like to choose how and when. And I like to be when I'm old and in the middle of the night, in the sleep. We'd all like that. But we don't get that choice. And, and Tom is at peace with whatever God decides. You know what his, one of the things on his bucket list is? He wants to worship with you in the physical. He, he wants to, he's hoping if God would allow him to have the health that he and his wife can fly here to Kansas and worship in Hutchison, Kansas, right here with us. Now, as a pastor, I wish that was everyone's bucket list. 
that you all just were, this is your bucket list every Sunday. And those online, this is your bucket list. But I just want to encourage you today that, yes, there's much to have fear and worry and concern about, but trust in the Lord. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And, And greater is he that is in you that is in the world. Some of you today, you're struggling with relationships, you're watching online your marriage, or there may be a marriage in here or, or more, that you're struggling, you're having a tension, you're, you're wondering what you're gonna do or how you, if there's a, any hope for you or any way out of this, or what, what, is, there a, is, there, is there a path, is there a path forward for this? And I was just thinking, I, someone said this to me once, I so believe this. We have believers, just because you're believers doesn't mean you don't have marriage problems. Just because you're pastor and wife doesn't mean you never have an argument, you don't fight. You, you just have, you have conflicts you have to work through. But no matter where you are, maybe you're someone who's not feeling hope today about your marriage. I want to give you this hope today. And I don't think it's a false hope. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in every believer. And if the same spirit that lives in you as a believer can raise Jesus from the dead, raising your marriage from the dead is small potatoes to God. I've seen God raise dead marriages back to life. And it doesn't mean there's not a surrender and a sacrifice. There, there has to be a place of willing to die to yourself and, and die to your wants and your wishes and everything that you know and say, God, I give this up to you because I, I don't have the answers for it. You might have to go through counseling. You might have to seek out uh, professional help. You, it's not saying you don't have responsibilities in this. But I just believe the starting place is faith. And do we believe that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can raise your marriage from the dead and bring it back to life? Some of you today, you're sitting here with thinking about your past and past regrets. I just want to encourage you today that faith in God to forgive you of your sins, to redeem you and restore you and make you who he wants you to be. God wants you to forget about it, but you have to give it to him first. I, I, maybe someone just simply needs to, by faith, trust Christ to forgive them, redeem them, and restore them, and make them new. Maybe you're a single person today, and you're worried about that Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, and is that ever person is going to come into my life? Am I going to have a wedding like that beautiful wedding that I saw yesterday? Is that, I just tell you, God has a good plan and a good future for you. I don't know what that plan or future is, but I will tell you some words I'm gonna pass on from a young punk pastor in Chicago who I had doubts going into the service. But in August, my girls wanted us to go to this church in South Chicago is where they go to church a lot, travel about 50 minutes to church. We go to this church in Oasis. I felt like a duck out of water. I felt like a fish out of water, whatever term you wanna use, because I show, Heather and I showed up. We're the oldest people in this church. We were the oldest, and there's all these young people around us. And I felt for some of our seniors, because they're, they're singing songs I've never heard, and they're, 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 they're all excited about it, and I can't even kind of keep up with the rhythm and understand what it is. But I know this. Number one, I know this. I'm thankful that there's a church that inspires my girls enough that they'll travel 50 minutes to go hear this young pastor. This day, this young pastor, He had been married seven years, and the church was celebrating their seven years like it was their 50th. 
Heather and I can do seven years of marriage in our sleep. And they're celebrating this guy for seven years and pulling him up. But I love what he said to a, a room half full of single people. He said, don't settle. Don't settle for anything less than God's best. Heather and I are kind of hitting each other going, this is starting to get good. They're saying things to our daughters that we could say, but they may not listen to. But he said, don't settle for just anybody. Don't settle for anybody less than what God's best is and who he has picked out for you. And if you have to wait for it, you're worth the wait. And, and, and he talked about sexual purity and, and, and you're worth the wait for that. And here's this young man, he was preaching the word and he got up and used his marriage as a chance to speak into their lives and said, don't just settle. And he even said this, he goes, don't settle for just a guy that's just carrying his Bible. May have it be a, a man that's passionate for Jesus, that's so in love with Jesus. If you're single here today, you're single online, we have desires and needs. God knows your needs and he knows them better than you. Would you trust God for God's plan for your life even as you wait in the balance for God's best for you? And certainly money and your future, I know that, that affects every one of our lives. Some of us are concerned if we're gonna have enough in the 401k when we get to retirement. I'm getting closer to those days. Some of us, we're, it's worried about month to month. The budget's tight and it's, it's difficult. Can I just tell you that I believe that Jesus knows our needs. I don't give our, we don't give our daughters everything they want because it's not best for them. God doesn't give us everything that we want, but I believe that his children don't beg for bread, that he'll take care of our needs and that we can trust him. And I believe it's a spiritual decision. It's a faith decision when we say, God, I'm gonna trust you with my money first instead of me trusting my money with myself first. And instead of giving them leftovers, give them the first and the best of your life. And if you're in a place you're really struggling in your faith, and I just wanna encourage you, coming around the corner, Barry Wall is already committed in January to teach another Financial Peace University so that you can learn and, and grow and manage your money so you don't have to live a, a life that's so stressed out because God knows our needs and how to manage those things. He's the best manager of it all. Whatever it is today, will you trust God with it? Whether it's job, relationship, health, finances. I don't know what it is for you, but would you trust God with it? Would you maybe keep something on there to snap yourself back in and say, God, I, I've been trying on my own. I've been doing this all by myself and I need to trust you. I need to pray first. I need to trust that you got this. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that's new every day. Lord, on behalf of my friends here, I wanna thank you for the numerous thoughts that you have of each of us. It's kinda of hard for us to even believe that. Would you help us to trust you and believe when you say that you think about us, your thoughts are too numerous for us to know. Would you help us to get that into our heart? How much it would change our life and how we live if we knew how much the God of the universe, the creator of all things, thinks about us, has hopes and desires for us, has a future and a plan for us that goes on well into eternity. Lord, whatever my friends and whatever each of us have today, would you help us to take a step towards faith? Maybe fear's knocking right now. Would you help us to answer that door with faith? And tomorrow morning when we get up and it's knocking even louder and the circumstances of our life are pounding on our door, would you help us to answer that door 
with faith in Christ that you love us, you have your best for us, and no matter what we're going through, you will lead us. That you'll never leave us and you'll never forsake us. We pray all these things in the powerful and wonderful and the matchless name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. So glad you're here this morning. Have a great rest of your week. Do I dare say go Broncos? We're praying for the Chiefs.